0: everybody, to episode 91 of ninety-one yeah. of the Metamilus 2 podcast. And we're delighted that uh, we've now got a new season to talk yeah.
1: about. No more uh, time killers, I guess. <laughs>
0: well, no more filler. It's just all killer from now on.
1: <laughs> so I guess our topic tonight, Ben, is the woman who fell to Earth. My goodness, okay. The first new Doctor Who that we have under the reign of El Chib, uh, Chris Chibnall, and starring yep, yep. Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Jodie Whittaker as the eponymous Doctor, yes. Mm-hmm. So what did you make of it? Well, what did I make of it? There's a lot to say,
0: I guess, but we'll, we'll, we'll start off. Um, I thought it was okay. Okay. I wasn't, like, astounded by it, but then like you know what, I kind of wasn't expecting to be astounded right. by it. I I'm not a huge fan of like first doctor episodes I think they're really really hard to do because right. there's a lot of establishing yeah. um I'm a big fan of the you know the plot the story the threat the villain the monster um the threat the villain the plot the monster is always has to be downplayed mm-hmm. in a doctor's first outing because we've got to meet that doctor right. we've got to establish their companions um blah 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 and in this case i mean i think even more so because you know the thing to kind of start off with is that there was a i couldn't see anything i mean apart from the title of the show right that referenced the past at all hmm. so usually what i've been doing you know in kind of moffat first doctors or rtd is like oh yes look there's like a dalek in the background or you know they're going to talk about omega for a sec Mm -hmm. there's always something but there was nothing nothing at all
1: what about the sonic well okay so there's
0: the fact that the character's called the doctor um there's the fact that there's a thing called a TARDIS. um there's the fact that she has a sonic screwdriver Uh, and i'm not a huge fan of the sonic screwdriver in general to be honest but other other than that this 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 Seemed to be really a kind of completely new show. There were no time laws. There was no galore. Right. There was no. She, I mean, she she was given the opportunity to talk about Artron energy, um, <laughs> and she didn't talk about Artron energy at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, she's she going to mention Artron energy, and she didn't. Right. So
1: it was very techno babble light. I thought very techno babble light. I did like
0: the because I think as we all know now, I'm a huge fan of the. Uh, the third Doctor and his ability to cobble stuff together from absolutely right. nothing, like, mm-hmm. the, like in the Time Monster. I mean, the, that yep. Time Rotor machine, whatever it is in the Time Monster, is my, probably my most favorite Doctor Who device ever. So we know, <laughs> you know, he, she can make stuff from nothing. Right. And as we were saying last week, that's what she was doing. She, that's why her Sonic looks so weird, because it's right. made of Sheffield steel.
1: Yeah, so that's a thing, I guess. Oh,
0: well, Sheffield is a steel town, so if you think of It's like, sort of like pittsburgh was. I was going to say, it's Pittsburgh, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and Sheffield steel is still very famous. Uh, I mean, I think there's still a lot of cutlery made there. And if it says I think
1: stainless steel was invented in Sheffield.
0: I, I You know more about Sheffield than I do. Apparently, <laughs> it must have been invented in Sheffield, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Sheffield's a big deal in that way. So Sheffield, would you say Sheffield steel, that's like, okay, that's that's like yeah. Yeah, British steel.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the Judas Priest album there. Exactly. <laughs> well, and of course it's called British Steel
0: because when the steel industry was nationalised by the Labour government, um, I think in the sixties, the steel industry owned by the government was called British Steel.
1: BS. Uh, well,
0: we didn't. We didn't. We didn't abbreviate it to BS. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we could have done okay. it. Yeah. So, good overall positive uh, first reaction? Yeah, good positive, good positive. Yeah, pretty positive. I think it was quite dark. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, a lot of it took place at (laughs) night.
0: Uh, It was obviously shot in the autumn. It was very autumnal in the peak district there.
1: I think it was probably shot last November.
0: Maybe, yeah, maybe slightly earlier than that, looking at the trees. But anyway, yes, certainly on the onset of winter. It was very obviously raining. Right. Mainly it all the time, um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very, very. It's very exciting to see the actors. Just it's not raining. I'm going to pretend it's not raining. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do any raining acting because <laughs> we're just going to pretend it's not raining, even though it was right. pretty much raining all right. the time. Right. So you know, I'm notoriously bad at spotting things like this, but you know. I couldn't spot any sets. It all looked like it was pretty much shot on location. It was definitely right. shot in Sheffield. Well, um, that, I have a question about that.
1: Yeah. Now, that opening scene where they were on in that park overlooking a River Valley yeah. with the cliff, that, that had to have been Wales. That isn't Sheffield, is it? I think it looks like the Peak District to me. I don't think that looks mm. like Wales. Um,
0: I think that okay. is uh, like a little bit south. And west of Sheffield, when you get into Derbyshire and the Peak District, so I think what well, okay. I think well, that's what that was supposed to be. I didn't detect okay. that that was Wales, and I, my my, okay. my Wales detecting devices are quite highly, uh, quite highly calibrated. So I think that was again kind of shot on location.
1: Okay, I'm skeptical on that. I, th- yeah. I th- it looked very very Welsh to me. I just don't. Well, again, I have never been to that part of England, so... <laughs> so what do you but know? What do I know? But it didn't seem like the Northern Midlands or whatever area you call that around Sheffield. It's, it's well, I said it looked like the Peak
0: District, and the okay. Peak District is kind of between South Yorkshire and, well, it's like Derbyshire and South, and, okay. and South Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't look mountainous enough to be
1: Wales to me. Mm, okay. Mm, anyway. All right. Well, so I was wondering about that, so... Uh, I, w- I was wondering how much of was filmed in wales i guess so because i know like the end scene when the thrift store that was definitely uh i guess the, you don't call it thrift stores which it's charity oh, we call, them, we call them charity shops yes. yeah charity, charity shop shops. that charity was definitely shop. in cardiff uh, according yeah to that you. was yeah
0: that that looked like a Welsh charity shop to me mm-hmm. um i mean again we had we had um Bramall lane was shown the stadium mm-hmm. home of sheffield united the blades okay they're called the blades because all Sheffield steel and knives yep. are very yep. important in Sheffield. So, so yeah, they, so they 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 were. It was interesting. I mean, you know, they did have that half shot of Bramall Lane, um, mm-hmm. which kind of says, okay, this is definitely Sheffield. There's actually relatively little in Sheffield that you can show that defines it as being Sheffield. There are <laughs> relatively few landmarks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that was that, that was a good job um, to to put that in because then you know we knew that we were on. At least that part was on location.
1: So there was enough establishing second unit footage of Sheffield to make it seem like we were in Sheffield for the Definitely story. Definitely in Sheffield. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, so, it was dark. so it was dark. It was
0: dark. Mm-hmm. I um, and of course it was dark because it was shot in November, October, November. Um, it's dark and Mm -hmm. there's relatively little you can do about it. I mean, one of the joys of Doctor Who is that it's not shot in Southern California um, (laughs) where it's sunny all the time. It's not like Star Trek. Right. You know, if the weather is, if it's raining and if it's the autumn, it's going to be dark most of the time and Mm -hmm. just deal with it.
1: And if the uh, footage from next week, if if we're right about Ghost Monument, that was shot in South Africa, so we'll have a really nice dark to light contrast, I think, between first and second week. Yeah, yeah. For my reaction, I kind of warmed to it. I watched Mm. it a couple times. And my first watching, I was really into it uh, through pretty much the train scenes and then the scenes in uh, Grace's uh, apartment flat or home. But then once we had a meeting with Tim Shaw, it kind of went downhill for me. And that's probably the part that I didn't like so much was right after the – uh, that Blue Onion or Blue Hershey's Kiss cracked open and we started getting the Predator, Doctor Who take on the Predator and predator, yeah. and the crane scenes. That that kind of fell flat for me. But the bookends, the beginning and the ending, I thought were very good. And I think overall it was a very enjoyable and a very good episode of Doctor Who. And uh, like you said, the Doctor introductory story is a challenging one it's a difficult one to do Very difficult. um this one reminded me a bit of robot for some for some oh. reasons why do it remind you of robot well i think it was mostly the scenes at the construction site where we had yeah. okay. the fence broken open and so, yes. then with, with a security guard dying uh, horribly <laughs> uh well in robot it was by the robot and uh the most recent to the woman who fell Earth is a, a predator. So that kind of gave me a whole robot vibe, I guess, to it a little bit. And it sort of seemed, in places, a little Sarah Jane Adventures to me. I think it was mostly the kind of uh, daftness of the alien and just the misunderstanding of the alien's name, or it fell flat to me, and just the whole. Teeth collector trophy. It it just didn't work for me as a Doctor Who alien. So I hope we aren't going to see the Stenzer warriors anytime soon.
0: I'm I'm certain. When I'm, well, I'm certain we're never going to see them again. I I yeah. I thought that it was it was kind of poor actually. To mm-hmm. be honest. Um, yeah, it was kind of sub predator. It was kind of rubbery looking. I don't know. It was kind. Of, you you could have put a Santor in there.
1: Well, that's what I was really. thinking when when the Doctor said her theory was that it was too alien races fighting each other, it seemed to me like, well, if you were gonna have a call back to Doctor Who, you would have had the Rutans and the Santarans battling out. You had a Santaran and a Rutan and you could imagine that tentacle uh that Absolutely that yeah. tentacle device being sort of like a Rutan jellyfish but that could float somehow or something like that. Yeah, no, I mean they had all the effects right there
0: to do Rutans versus and they had the plot as well to do Rutans versus um Sontarans, but obviously, you know, um, I mean, I think it is, you know, obviously we don't want to have returning monsters all the time. but right. Sometimes you wonder whether it's worth making up a new monster when right. there's just plenty of old monsters who can do the job. Just as well?
1: Yeah, I guess it was called a gathering coil. She called weaponized biotech. That could have easily been a rutan, and then the predator could have been a centaur, and then they were fighting out. So I liked the first idea. I didn't like the hunting very much. But that's dwelling on the negative for this, because overall it was was very positive. And I think one of the strongest parts, one of the things I really liked about it, is Chris Chibnall's writing and the way that characterization came through and information came through but not as a uh, big info dumps it was through conversation and the conversation I thought was very natural and one of yeah. one of my favorite parts was just where Yaz recognizes Ryan's name from when they were at Redlands Primary I thought that was a really nice really honest really nice touch of connecting these two would, would have been very disparate characters and they have a background on they've just fallen out of touch. I don't know how far back primary school is in Britain is that like elementary school in the u s or uh
0: yeah it's elementary school yeah elementary yeah. School. yeah so
1: they obviously hadn't seen each other for maybe ten fifteen years, which explains why they didn't recognize each other, but the name sounded familiar and and i I, I Kind of think each showrunner responds to the previous showrunners. Like Moffitt had a lot of responses to uh, RTD. I'm wondering if actually making Yasmin Khan a police officer, a trainee, a probationary police officer, was a direct response to Amy Pond being the uh, Kisselgram in the police outfit in the 11th hour episode the first Matt Smith episode
0: it was certainly nice to see a female character like that being treated with slightly more respect than um Moffat treated Amy Pond in her first outing mm-hmm. um I thought that was good and yeah and I thought uh, that was some very realistic writing right I thought the dyspraxia thing was a bit weird because I'd never heard of dyspraxia uh it was, it was dyspraxia right dyspraxia yeah 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 the, yeah, the, uh, the balance the, 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 disorder the inability to ride a bicycle. Well, do, you think, do, you, do you think there's gonna be a callback on that? You think he's gonna be, cause he totally didn't get all dyspraxic when he had to climb up the side of a, of a crane. Um, I couldn't climb up the side of a crane, so. Right, he go. did
1: slip and he did fall. Uh, yeah. or a little bit a little uh sarah jane call back there but oh that's true obviously they made a big thing about that in ryan's character that's why he was out there trying to ride a bike with his uh, grandma yeah. he has has these issues and he was trying again at the end where he, again he's failing because this is not this is not something you just meet the doctor and you instantly become a better person type thing and you can ride a bike type uh, right right uh, interaction so I was surprised that he made it up the crane at all. I'm not sure that would have been a <laughs> a good thing, but maybe it is. I mean, they did show him slipping. They did show him dropping the flashlight, the torch. Yeah, so right. there's some trade-offs there. It might be one of the character traits that they work on. Uh, Yasmin obviously is looking to be challenged. Graham right. doesn't think he really he, – he's on borrowed time. He shouldn't even be alive, so he has some – I think survivors' guilt, and even doubly so now with Grace dying. Yeah. Uh, so each of these three companions or friends of the Doctor, I think, have some character things that we're going to see work out with Chibnall. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, I, I thought there was a little—it was a little bit overdone <laughs> to me with the kind of um, you know everyone's got an issue. I mean, I think it's actually best with 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 Yaz. Right. Because, you know, her issue is kind of like a real one. Is like, you know, she's a trainee policewoman and mm. she wants to be a real police person. Um, I think, you know, dyspraxia and working in a warehouse for Ryan, it's okay. I think dyspraxia is a bit of an odd one. with um, Graham, and I thought, I thought, actually, I thought Bradley Walsh did a really good job. Um, some of his acting was like, the the, <laughs> the bit where he was talking to his bus driver friends was like a little bit. Uh, that, was, that was some bad acting right there. Um, mm-hmm. However, in general, um, I thought he did a good job as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think killing his, killing his wife, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, you know,
0: that, that's going to make him upset and make him motivated right. in some kind of way. It's mm-hmm. a little bit unfair.
1: Right, it is. And that really bothered me in my first watch. And it still bothers me. But I missed the signpost on the first viewing where the doctor, uh, she tells both, graham and grace not to return to the job site because it's really dangerous and then grace. grace does come back because she thinks ryan is in danger and graham saying the doctor warned us not to come in and then really to sell that grace is kind of an adrenaline junkie or yeah is uh is not doing what she should supposed to be doing is you know, saying she said you know something like, "Is it wrong that I should be liking this so much?" And Graham's immediate reaction is, "Yes, it is yes, wrong. wrong." Yeah, and she son it
0: kind of signaled as a kind of a wild one, you know, with all the kissing on the train, right. And you know, right. she's you know obviously Graham is the kind of quiet one in the relationship, right. and she's the kind of you know. I mean, I think they probably they could have done slightly more with that. I was actually quite surprised when she suddenly started. You know, she was was going to defeat the bio mechanoid or whatever it's called. Um, I said, oh, wow, she's going to do that now, Um, I mm. guess. I
1: don't know. I kind of get the sense of it. It's sort of building with Grace's character from on the train. She was out going to explore. Everyone else is holding back. And nice. then everyone else is leaving, and she wanted to stay with, you know, with the doctor. I, I see it building that she was craving this excitement, and obviously it backfired her, and she is the – character in the title she is i think the woman who fell to earth oh i didn't pick so, that up at all that's very clever she fell off a crane yeah, yeah. i think it's a classic new who misdirection with the title the oh, woman course, who the fell end to, end to earth on his
0: on his youtube video
1: saying like, yeah. It's, yeah well it's my, it, it's my, my yeah man. and yeah. it begins that way and it's sort of like amy saying you know the greatest man she ever met and it's of course it's rory you right. immediately think at the beginning with Ryan's uh, YouTube video, he's going to talk about meeting the doctor, but no, it's a eulogy for his grandma. So yeah. there are the conventions in New Doctor Who that were being used, but they're mostly. I think this is mostly character driven, and my biggest my biggest fault with it, or my only fault with it, is the monster in the plot it was pretty weak sauce. But that wasn't it the was part, wasn't the purpose of this episode. No.
0: I mean, how did, how did you feel they dealt with the whole Lady Doctor thing?
1: Well, what, was it, a couple lines of dialogue and done? And you're sort of like, why yeah, are you yep, why well are you calling done. me madam? The one disappointment with the Lady Doctor that we had speculated is we don't find out how she got her ears pierced. <laughs> no, I was waiting
0: for that. And then she leapt out, you know, in her kind of, you know, walk from the Planet Orc outfit. Yep. And then she's got her ears pierced. It's like, well, <laughs> surely they could have had a bit when she went to the you know she went to boots to get her ears pierced or something so that's or something
1: that to me was something i guess we were both looking for to explain explain that and yeah. uh stylist had her hair over her ears all throughout the early part when she was in capaldi's costume so right couldn't see if, her, if she was regenerated with pierced ears and i know and, and that's such a weird thing to get uh wrapped around the axle with but it
0: well, it's, it's a important. mystery. Well, I mean, I mean, the piercings are—you know—they're they're, they're quite extravagant. Well, I mean, who, who am I to say about how extravagant piercings
1: are or are not?
0: They're to be to be quite extravagant piercings. Um, it's it's, so an, it's not called just,
1: an ear cuff.
0: Yeah, it's not just <laughs> you've not just got like some earrings or something. Right. You've got a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. up there. So you know, that's a
1: that's a decision
0: thing. I mean, i mean, having seen pictures of Jodie Whittaker in you know in real life. Right. Um, IRL, um, uh, she doesn't have a cuff or piercings and stuff. Right. So uh, it's obviously a choice that the Doctor has made, and it mm-hmm. would be great to find out exactly what that choice is. Yep. Because as you know, if you stick things in your ears in Doctor Who, chances are you're going to get taken over by an alien. <laughs>
1: well, we'll find out, I guess. We certainly will, yes. So you know. The uh, other thing I really liked about her debut, and this is uh, uh, Sagan uh scoring, is when she landed through the roof and stood up. We had a very low, very bassy dum dum, dum dum, dum dum. Like only that. two or three times. Yep. And brilliant, really good. Very good. And but it reminded me again of Robot with Dudley Simpson's musical cues when the doctor, I think, appears in in uh the Tom Baker appears, steps out of the TARDIS in the costume that will be his. We get the oo wee oo just a right. brief bit. So I think Akinola may have watched a bit of Doctor Who because he seemed to really slide into the classic scoring for Doctor Who. The music right. was music was mostly present. There was only a few moments that were silenced without any background accompanying music, and those moments were really punctuated for a dramatic effect. But I think the music that Akinola did really worked well with the story, the darkness, um, the tension builders. It was very, it was very dark music, very yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. The, the tension builders, like at the crane site, I thought was really really well done. Yep. The musical cue when the man was waiting for the Hershey's kiss uh, capsule to crack <laughs> open, it sounded to me like either chime gongs or Tibetan singing bowls, but it was really interesting anticipatory music. I thought it really worked well with the drama that was unfolding and the sounds seemed fresh. Now, having done our review of Akinola's back catalog, they seem very Sagan Akinola, but within the confines of Doctor Who, very fresh. Uh,
0: I'll just sidebar quickly there. Um, Of course, as as everyone knows, um, we don't have Hershey's Kisses in Ah. Britain. It's an unknown candy, Mm. so uh, whoever was designing the uh, Tim Shaw's, you know, assault capsule, whatever it was, (laughs) um, would have not have realized that it looked like a Hershey's Kiss.
1: Well, it kind of looked like a squashed onion or a Hershey's Kiss, so I... I think he
0: probably, he or she, would have been referencing a squashed onion. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, sorry, I'm I'm interrupting. I mean, I I thought the music was excellent. It was very... Refreshing not to have a bunch of orchestral malarkey blaring around Mm -hmm. in the background. Um, There's been a lot, I think, of talk recently about the BBC in general having music too high in the mix Um, for their shows. I felt it was just in the right place. Um, It was assertive when it needed to be assertive, and when it needed to be in the background, it was in the background. Very, very pleasing. Very pleasing.
1: Very complimentary. Very
0: complimentary, very competent, very professional. Um, I am on tenterhooks to hear what the new theme tune sounds like.
1: Did you hear it at the end? Oh, did they play it at the end? They played it well, at the end. Well, they did, yes. But I mean, is that
0: actually what's going to? What, I, is think, so. I think so. I think so.
1: And I think, as we predicted, uh, it, it had a lot of drums in there for the da 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 Had a lot
0: of da 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 daing and it had mm-hmm. some wee Um yep. uh, I Okay, because I'd, I'd read somewhere that they weren't going to play it at all. In the first episode.
1: we had talked about it, and it turned out I think that they weren't going to play it for the opening credits, and there was no opening credits for it. There was no opening credits, so I think. So, so here's a here's a question: um,
0: Did you how, how did you watch this episode?
1: Oh well, I did a, a live streaming of uh, the BBC Try oh, bollocks. to bollocks that didn't work at all for me, and it just was very laggy and very jerky, and kind of gave up on it and then waited for the iTunes to appear and watched it that way. Yeah. And bought a season subscription. Yeah, and I,
0: yeah, I bought a season pass for Amazon, so it was the same price that Amazon is yeah. on, um, on, on iTunes. Uh, the, the reason I asked that is that um, I have a couple of times watched Doctor Who on BBC America, and mm-hmm. just kind of skulking around various forums and things. Uh, fora, sorry, it's the plural forum. Um Skulking around various fora this week, Apparently, the presentation on on BBC America has come up for a, a lot of criticism with too many adverts, right. um, chopping it up too much, cutting stuff out at the end, etc., etc., etc. So, it is interesting that, you know, in some ways, I don't know, the kind of broadcast network, if you want to call BBC America that, it's kind of forcing people off itself mm-hmm. to places like iTunes and Amazon.
1: Right. Yeah, to me, Doctor Who is unwatchable with commercial interruptions. So I wouldn't yeah, have he's even tried. Absolutely unwatchable. Yeah, yeah absolutely
0: unwatchable. Exactly, and t- I entirely agree. Um, and to you know, to, to load it up with adverts and you know coming next stuff is just it's terrible. Right.
1: So yeah, unconscionable. Wouldn't have even attempted to watch on cable. So I was trying to watch the live uh, BBC One stream. That yeah. that didn't work too effectively. So waited and watched it Monday. When it was available on itunes and i'm th- gonna do that throughout this season here i'm not gonna try to it's just not not worth it no no i'm, I'm <coughs> excuse me I'm, i'll be doing the same thing i'll be watching it on monday nights mm-hmm. yeah so i want to just briefly touch on the four main characters a little bit of character traits okay. um starting out with jody whitaker as the doctor i thought you really did the great job as the doctor just in the way that she would use her voice where 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 the strengths were she was so observant about the people around her and like with with Yaz she asked what Yaz's name was and then Yaz says uh, I'm Yaz to my friends and then A little bit later on, the doctor turns to Yaz. I'm going to call you Yaz now because we're friends, right? Or something like that. Right, right, Uh, Those type of things worked for me. Just I thought the characterization of what Whitaker does, she's in the police car, and she goes, can we have the lights and sirens on? And Yaz goes, no. (laughs) And the doctor does a little pouty face, which... I could see Capaldi doing, I could see Smith doing, I can see Tennant doing. Those are very doctorish very, traits. It was a very doctorish moment, yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. what
0: the doctor always does. He always wants mm-hmm. he or she always wants the sirens on.
1: Right. Just Again, Whitaker's characterization is when she zapped uh, Ryan's phone to reformat it, and Ryan's going, no, all my stuff's on yes, <laughs> Don't exactly. do that. All my stuff's yes. on there. Her research, she she's very flippant, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, those types of little moments with Whitaker, I think, are really really sell me as the doctor. Yep, and yep, absolutely. No, no, definitely the case. Definitely the case. And then just she picks up on characters' names and she's very thankful and grateful and uh, this is a i think the doctor a reaction to the the theory the fan theory or the showrunner theory is the doctor always regenerates into a reaction to what he or she was previously right but the empathy and the concern and the compassion of whitaker's doctor i think is really really something special and yeah. the scene that really did it for me was relatively early on or midway through that when they find the man who i i forget his name but the man whose sister was trophied or captured oh yeah yeah Sensor well, yeah, yeah. warriors and he's waiting for the uh, squashed onion to open up yeah um the doctor goes in and she says i'm sorry you had to see this and grace says I'll find something and cover the body. And the doctor goes, thank you, Grace. And then she continues on. I'm sorry any of this is happening. I'm sorry for the thing on the train planted the bombs inside you. I'm sorry I haven't figured out what's going on yet. And it's not the tenant, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry that something bad happened to yeah. you. It's, it. There's an empathy, there's a compassion uh, to Whitaker's portrayal. And then it's um, Chibnall's writing, I think, reinforces that empathy with her trying to be sympathetic to Ryan at his grandma's funeral, where she's just interacting and asking about his dad yep. and just talking about her own family and how she carries their memory and their thoughts and words and what they would do with her. Just trying to relate to ryan and uh, graham i think mostly but even to a little bit with yasmin we don't know her family situation Mm -hmm. what what's going on so the the empathy and the compassion of the doctor i think will serve her well with the type of show running i envision chibnall to be doing yeah i think that's exactly right i also
0: was very struck by her attitude to dead bodies um, mm-hmm. which was very undoctorish, actually. Um, right. Um, I mean, you know, obviously the doctor is always compassionate and is always kind and is always careful. I think it was actually more like it was the show's attitude to a dead body was kind of, had changed. It's not like, okay, they're, they're dead, let's get on with the rest of the plot. It's right. like, okay, someone died, you know, let's do something about it. Um, mm-hmm. Or oh, no, let's be respectful of that moment. Um, and so right. that that really did stand out very, very strongly for me. Yeah.
1: It stood out with the character of Dennis, the security guard, the grandfatherly security guard. Yep. You get that 30 seconds, 45 seconds a brief little characterization of him talking to his granddaughter, yep. who seems probably a teen, and then he meets an untimely death. But first off, he has a name, and it's being referred to when um, Carl keeps calling down on the walkie-talkie to Dennis, and it showed these are not throwaway characters Oh, they are. They're I mean they're there to be, to be thrown away. The writer sets them yep. up the writer sets them up to be killed, but they have some depth and meaning. And is this the first time we've had a funeral for a a yeah, I, somewhat main character in oh, Doctor Who. I don't remember there ever
0: being a funeral really in Doctor Who at all. Unless we, it was, you well, know. We've
1: had a funeral like in Remembrance, I think, but, but it's not one of the characters. No. It's, it's set in a cemetery. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's been a lot of death throughout Doctor Who, but this is, I think, the first time literally that we spent 10 minutes mourning trying to sort through the aftermath right. of... Right. uh prominent characters passing yeah
0: yeah yeah and actually you know even though this was someone that we'd met you know only half an hour beforehand right and that can often be irritating and i think this has happened in doctor who before where we're asked to feel very strongly about characters who you know we've only really just met and we really really don't care about at all and the show demands that we love them and feel sorry that they're not with us anymore etc 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 even though that she was Vaguely, that kind of character. Um, that was a very kind of affecting piece of funeral, and I think that's again testament to the skill of the writing, right? Um, and the characterization that I I actually didn't feel that I was being asked to feel bad for someone who I didn't care about.
1: Because I, you know, genuinely felt care for not only Dennis but also for Grace. Yeah, exactly. I, I, exactly. You know, you, there was enough enough character development in those brief little scenes that at least me as a viewer, had something invested in the story. Yeah, yeah, I think so, definitely, definitely
0: the case. Um,
1: The the other bit of characterization I think was really well done is the Doctor's interaction with Ryan, and my prediction for the way that is going to unfold in the series is um, Ryan's intelligence is really going to come through, because it's Ryan who deduced that it was an alien, because it looked like an alien. Right, And, um, when they're wondering what the doctor's doing with the phone and what, why are they turning left and right? It's Ryan who says, I reckon she's using my phone to track the origin signal for the DNA bombs. So they give him the insights into the doctor. So he's explaining to the other companions what the doctor, what she's doing. Mm, And then on the train, the doctor looks at Ryan and says, biology, she thought, ryan might be a doctor himself so right. i'm i'm seeing a little bit of foreshadowing with the ryan character that he might have a redirection of his life maybe doing something a little more academically orientated right. i don't know yeah no no it's, it's it's i mean
0: again again you know these are characters who we are we've only just met um right and i I think we're curious about them you know there are things that we're curious about there's things to learn about them that we haven't learned yet um right their works in progress which is great and that's exactly how it should be there should be mysteries and um you know things that that strengths that they will reveal as they are tested as they undoubtedly will be um because they're the companions of the doctor well i mean here we go you know i mean we have a Excellent cliffhanger to go back to that kind of piece at the end. They're all stuck yeah. in space dying of um,
1: uh, asphyxiation. Right, or being in a vacuum, they explode in a few seconds. See,
0: I, I, I'm pretty sure you don't explode in a vacuum. I'm pretty sure I've read it on the internet that you don't explode. Hmm. Yeah,
1: anyway. Well, I guess we'll find out next week. I guess we will. <laughs> if they're all exploding, the Dr. Oh. oh. Never mind. Shrugs. I'll, I'll find some new companions. It'll be like that glass ceiling trailer where she goes, "Whoops, whoops." <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so, aside from Graham, the former bus driver, uh, in the cancer survivor bit of characterization, the one thing I thought that really sold Graham or what Graham's character is about being kind of befuddled was him asking, "Why is she running after another alien?" And then a little bit later, well, now you're all running after it. What's you know, just sort yeah, of like the, he good. he he has the judgment, sort of like you know, it's best to leave well enough alone. Let you know, let's be safe rather than uh, sorry. And he's a very cautious individual, I think. Yeah, it's good. I I thought that
0: worked really well. I thought that that mm-hmm. was that was great.
1: It was a bit of humor in the middle. Of that definitely episode. a bit. Definitely, you know, and, and I think you know, we can
0: overdo the. I think, as we noted before, the kind of Mickey Smith humorous character. Right. And obviously, I think that's what Graham, you know, Graham is going to be some kind of comic relief. Mm -hmm. But I thought, you know, very subtly done. Um, You know, the comic relief was actually funny, you know, rather Mm -hmm. than, as it often can be, not funny at all. Uh, right. so yeah, and, you know again, he's a fish out of water he's a he's a Londoner in Sheffield, so you know he's 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 used to being an alien uh, or used to being in an alien place um so yeah i I very much warmed to Graham, I said that some of the acting fell flat a little bit um I think right. there could have been maybe some more careful directing of Bradley Walsh's acting at various parts, but in general, i thought graham uh, i thought Graham was great i mean he's not an irritating character at all which is what I had what I was worrying he was going to be.
1: Well, I mean he did cross the border uh, borderline asking repeatedly about the DNA bombs, but I think that was, you know, to establish this is the type of character that he is. He's really focused in on on not being blown certain, up by a DNA bomb. Yes. He he is a survivor. He's a cancer survivor, yes, a survivor. and he doesn't want to be a, doesn't want to lose it to uh DNA bombs. Exactly. Well, who who would? Let's face it. <laughs> So there's probably one line that I really didn't like in the story, and it was uh, what uh, Chibnall gave Whitaker a say when she was talking to Tim Shaw on the crane. Mm-hmm. Right after she remembers who she is, saying, I'm the doctor sorting out fair play throughout the universe, didn't like that. Huh. And I'm not sure if you picked up on that or if it resonated. I did pick up on that. So what?
0: The, where did that
1: happen? So they're on the crane, and she had just remembered who she was, she? you know, a little flash of adrenaline, a hint of panic, and I. all the synapses have uh, congealed, and I right. remember who I am. I'm the doctor sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Uh, it just, that's not who I think of as the doctor, sorting out fair play or being a, a referee. And right, it's uh, It, it right. just... I mean she chibnall gave her a much better line later later when they're after the funeral where she says i'm just a traveler that was that's that's a very good line i mean that's a classic line yeah 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 um here's a question
0: what what do you think of the whole crane jeopardy thing that felt very artificial to me unfortunately like they're, they're kind of randomly at the top of a crane Um, simply because someone who probably shouldn't have been a crane operator (laughs) is apparently now a crane operator. His dad owns the company. Apparently, so he's going to send to the top of the crane. I don't know that that, that's what would happen. Um, I thought that was a little... I mean, I think they could have had a better Jeopardy, but I guess... I don't know. Anyway.
1: Yeah, the whole Tim Shaw, the whole crane bit just didn't work for me, I'm sorry to say. That part of the... Episode was my disappointment. The alien menace and just the uh, climactic scene on the crane—it just—it just just fell flat to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because again, I mean, you know, I think there's obviously there isn't any real jeopardy on the on the crane. I mean, I mean, the only real jeopardy there really was 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 Ryan's dyspraxia which he kind of got over pretty quickly and was able to climb up the crane, so that was fine.
1: That bit, I guess, the, the alien and the, the climactic scene on the crane really reminded me of a Sarah Jane Adventure-type monster and plot and kind of subpar. For yeah, Doctor who. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what it, what, it, what it reminded me of. It
0: reminded me of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember my, my lovely wife, who, of course, doesn't listen to this podcast, <laughs> would be able to tell me the, the ending of which season of, I think it's season five of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, ends at the top of the crane um so that's what that was reminding okay.
1: me of so that's one of the comments i think i i heard or read somewhere that it seemed more generic sci-fi that bit yeah or that 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 and it seemed like this could be any any sci-fi show not just doctor who and maybe that's um, maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a bad thing but it it, it didn't work for me um all the characterizations bit worked e- even the bit with uh the drunk coming home tossing uh, lettuce and salad at Tim Shaw. Uh, that whole Halloween bit. Oh yeah, that was that was that was actually that was one of my favorite bits. In <laughs> fact, yeah, I love that bit because I mean that's
0: what you do. With, okay, so what he was carrying was a kebab. Okay. okay, which is what which is what drunk people late night eat. Right. And when you get a kebab, which is I think what you call in America, what you call that a gyro. 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 Yeah. Gyro. Whatever. Whatever. Gyro. G Y R O. <laughs> the gyro, that's it. And um, what they do is they always put a bunch of salad on top of it. Right. Of course, you're drunk. And so the last thing you want to eat <laughs> is a bunch of salad. So when you walk through the streets of any British town, kind of late at night, especially at weekends, you will see scattered down down the pavement or the sidewalk, as, as you call it. Um, you'll see bits of lettuce and tomato because mm-hmm. people have thrown them out of their cabas. Um So I thought that was a very nice piece of cultural accuracy there, which okay. I, I enjoyed. I mean, if I was, if I, you know, of course you'd throw your salad at like the Halloween costume guy. Right, okay.
1: Anyway, so. Uh, uh, sp- I, that, yeah, that, that, spot uh, on. That actually made me, la- <laughs> actually, actually made me laugh S- out loud. All right, good. Spot on, then. <laughs> <laughs> the other little bit of writing that I, I could do without was the Swiss Army Sonic. Or the Swiss Army Knife Sonic. I don't like that metaphor. Uh, hope hope no. it hope it drops. Yeah, I mean the Sonic is you know it's this get
0: out of jail free card. You know It's the
1: magic wand. It's the magic. Yeah, I and mean, it is actually he's looking more and more like Harry Potter's <laughs> magic wand or whatever
0: Harry Potter has. Does he have yeah. a magic wand? He has a yes. stick of some kind.
1: Yep, he has a wand. A wand. Yeah, I hate Harry Potter. Um.
0: So yeah, I hope it doesn't get all wandy. It's a tool. It's a screwdriver. It's a tool. It's yeah. yeah. Having said, it didn't have many. It didn't have many callbacks, and that was like an irritating thing that Shiv seems to have automatically adopted. Is the solid screwdriver can do right. anything that you need it to do?
1: Right. Yeah. Which is a
0: Moffat thing.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's isn't it? Almost every showrunner, or and I guess it was mostly a door unlocker in the classic series yeah mostly mostly i said i mean i
0: did enjoy the doctor being able to make one and that's Mm -hmm. that was very
1: pleasurable yep so all in all i think the character bits the the new companions new friends i think are welcome additions i thought whitaker was a great doctor i liked watching her with everyone else and her interactions with them right uh so all in all, uh, really looking forward to next week. I think next week's story plotline will be more to my liking, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, okay. Here's a here's a here's a, here's a couple of
0: questions that have been troubling me, not troubling
1: me, interesting right. this week. Was this shot out of order? Uh, that I don't know. I've been kind of avoiding everything. So. Yeah, I mean,
0: I'd be really curious to know whether you know, as, as very often happens, whether this was actually the first time that jody Whittaker played the Doctor, or whether. You know, this was like a couple of shoots in. Right. Um, I think that would be interesting to find out. Mm-hmm. The other thing, what, what did you think of the, of the the parade of obscure guest stars at the end? Which I thought was fine for the first couple of obscure guest stars. Mm-hmm. But when it kind of stretched into what seemed like 20 or 30 of them, <laughs> it was like, okay, Yeah. That's great. I mean, I, I mean, the only person I'd heard of was Art Malik. Basically, everyone else was like, "Yeah, I guess they they must be well known in some in some dimension."
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you haven't watched British TV enough uh, lately. Late that years. is
0: true. That is true. That is very very true. Um, it was very yeah. I thought I thought that was kind of an odd choice actually because I mean, what I was hoping is they had like scenes from next year, next next week's episode. But well,
1: Chibnall has been so so tight on very letting tight. any kind of spoilers. Coming out, this was a way of doing it, and you know I think John Nathan Turner would have fully approved. You know I could just see see him have like Barrel Reed, Leslie Grantham, (laughs) right? I could fully see that him doing that for like uh, season nineteen or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. No, again, I mean, I'm I'm hoping they won't do that every week. No, I think no,
1: I think that was purely purely for the debut. What did you think of Whitaker's? it seemed like this might be this Doctor's catchphrase of empty pockets? Yeah, it's not, it's not the best catchphrase, um, <laughs> uh, but
0: yeah, it could be, could be a catchphrase, I mean, let's see, 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 where, see whether it catches on, I mean, I think the point of, I mean, I'm curious about catchphrases because um, we've got a bunch of writers this season, I hope they've all been told that they have to have at least one scene where the Doctor has empty pockets.
1: I would imagine that might be the case. She certainly didn't, we didn't see her stocking up her pockets when she left in the uh, microwave uh, zapper or whatever she was working on at the end. Yeah, that is true. That is true, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's lucky that they found a garage with a bunch of stuff in it, actually. Well, I thought, wasn't that the garage where that one guy got killed by Tim yeah, Shaw? Yeah, a very
0: cool-looking uh, Fast and Furious-style car in the background. So Obviously, it's obviously mm-hmm. kind of some kind of boy racer.
1: Could be, yeah. could be his uh, hobby other than uh, tracking down alien predators. Tracking down aliens. So, any any final thoughts? No, I think those. I think there's, I think those are all my thoughts. Um, all right. I'm
0: looking forward to looking forward to Monday night, mm-hmm. which is when I'll be watching it.
1: I think the closing theme very reminiscent, and you can tell that he took a, a bit of the old dealer derbyshire Mixed to it. Yeah. And uh, added the uh, trademark Sagan Econola drums to it. Yeah, it's, it's so good to have some different music.
0: I mean, you know, I'd Murray Gold and all that, very good, but it's just so nice to have something different to, to listen to.
1: After, what, 10, 15 years, it was, it's, it was time for a refresh. Definitely time for a change. Definitely time yep. for a change, yeah. About time. It's about time, <laughs> yes. Oh, did you see that um, someone had taken that About Time logo and stripped off the e and it's all about tim it's this whole series tim. is it's all about tim about tim tim, uh, tim shaw is going to be tim shaw <laughs> throughout <laughs> throughout the series all about tim tim shaw <laughs> tim shaw the predator that's, the doctor who predator that's how he was credited in the credits too as tim shaw <laughs> <laughs> yes i saw that yeah they
0: didn't even bother to like try and do his special alien name no
1: yeah yeah well that's the advantage of getting it on uh itunes i was able to get the uh uh closed captions oh right uh, the sub get the subtitles and it was it was some T S Z type name so. right some alien name of some kind yeah huh, funny so we'll see if she does that every week uh miss uh miss hear all the aliens name that
0: could be another catchphrase that could be another catchphrase yeah miss miss Mishearing aliens could be her catchphrase.
1: Instead of Davros, it'll be Dave Ross. And- Dave's
0: Dave Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that's good. Instead of
1: Cyberman, Cyberman. So. Cy-
0: Cyberman. Yeah, that's no, good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I'd <laughs> be up for that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sunny Tar and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> Sunny Tar Run. Rutan. <laughs>
1: Sort of yeah. like RuPaul, RuTan. RuPaul. Yeah, RuTan. Exactly. Yeah, it's a tanned
0: RuPaul. So RuPaul has been in the beach for a while. Oh goodness!
1: Looking forward to that. That would I, I'd be I'd be <laughs> totally up for that as a catchphrase. I, I I
0: think that would be my that would be my choice as a, <laughs> as a, as, a, as a doctorish idiot, idiosyncrasy for this season
1: of uh, mis mishearing all the villains' names. Mishearing villains' names. yep definitely. Make, making them all very Sheffield.
0: Except making them all particularly <laughs> Sheffield. I mean, Tim Shaw is, is quite a Sheffield name actually. Sure is definitely a, definitely a northern South, South Yorkshire-style name.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, there we go. <laughs> Doctor
0: Who starts again.
1: Thumbs up. Yeah. So we know what we're doing for the next nine weeks. We certainly do. We are watching <laughs> Doctor Who,
0: and then a couple of nights afterwards, we're telling you about
1: it. Excellent. Yeah. So. That's what we're doing. All right. Well, Thank you for listening to episode 91 of the Metabolist 2 podcast. I have been talking with Ben.
0: And I have been talking with, um, I was going to try and turn your name into an alien name, do a reverse <laughs> thing. but I'm not going to bother to do that. And i would be talking to
1: Dave. Catch you next week. Have a great one.
0: Goodbye.